Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Get Your Goat. Josh here, and there's a lot to get into today. Yesterday's Cowboys Saints Thursday night football was that good Dallas or was that just bad New Orleans? Then I'm going to look ahead to the week 12 matchups that we have coming out this weekend in the NFL. Will there be more chaos? It looks like on paper there shouldn't be uh, too many upsets. Looks pretty straightforward. But in this season of the NFL, you just never know. Then you've got a big rematch. Tuesday night you had the Suns knock off the Warriors to claim top spot in the NBA. However, the rematch is tonight in Golden State. Will Steph play better? Avenge their loss from Tuesday night. Then I'm going to finish up with college football. Last week was rivalry weekend. This weekend, tonight actually, starts championship weekend. I'm going to break down my picks, all 10, to see who win the championship crowns, who is crowned the best of the best for their respective conferences. So a lot to get into. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys-New Orleans Saints Thursday night game yesterday. Good Cowboys or bad New Orleans. And I'm going to say this was bad, 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 bad New Orleans on offense. And I'm going to place the struggles on a few things here. I know, uh, as I said, this is going to be tough without Kamara running the ball effectively. It's going to be rough. And outside of Taysom Hill, you got really nothing from your backfield, you had Mark Ingram back, but 10 carries, 28 yards, that's not good enough. Ty Montgomery, 4 carries, 21 yards, not good. You're lucky you had Taysom Hill, uh, who scrambled around, had some QB draws, design QB runs, zone reads, for 101 yards. Uh, and he actually threw the ball for 264 yards. However, however, he threw 4 interceptions. That's terrible. That's unacceptable in the NFL. When we see players turn the ball over that many times, we saw Ryan Tannehill a few weeks ago against the Texans throw four interceptions that resulted in a loss. It is hard for your team to overcome that. Even when your defense is playing good and you're moving the ball well, four turnovers is hard to overcome. Uh, Taysom Hill there, and again, was an effective 19 of 41, 264 yards. Uh, if it wasn't for that long ball down at the end of the game to Deontay Harris, we'd be looking at a different story because his QBR was that of a 28, which was not good. He was outplayed by Dak Prescott, even though Dak Prescott, to me, didn't play much better. He was a little bit more effective. Higher QBR grade of just at 10 of 38, which still is pretty pathetic. 238 yards from a football with a touchdown, one interception. The key is he didn't make the bad uh, throws that Taysom Hill made most of the night. He did have some off throws, the one uh, to C.D. Lamb. And I know if you're watching the game last night, Troy Aikman said that you're expecting the receiver to run inside. Well, you're not. You're looking right down at the receiver, and you see C.D. Lamb running towards the outside. So it makes sense if you see that to throw the ball that way. So Dak Prescott made a couple of errant throws that weren't 
Dak Prescott at least what his contract is worth. And then you look at the rushing game for Dallas. Are they turning on Zeke? Zeke had 13 carries for 45 yards. Looked stagnant back there. Couldn't get much going. And then you had Pollard come out 7 carries for 71 yards. Had a long touchdown rush to kind of open up the game in the third quarter. A 58-yard touchdown run. He's playing better than... Zeke, which is why he's rated higher, pro football focus, his metrics are better. He provides more of a spark out of the backfield than Zeke does here. High-paid running back that they have. I mean, it's just, I don't know with Zeke at this point. He doesn't have that quick twitch speed elusiveness as he did have kind of his opening years here in Dallas. And you look at their receivers back, C.D. Lamb, uh, Cooper, Gallup, all healthy, all back. You see this team looks better. However, I know we got the win, but I wasn't impressed with this win. I feel like if they were to have played the game they played last night and they played the Raiders again last week with the weapons or uh, the Bucks or any team really uh, difficulty the Chiefs, I still think they lose a the game with the same... Uh, scheme and plays that they ran last night. Dan Quinn filled in, did an admirable job. The defense for Dallas stepped up. Uh, Trevon Diggs interception. I mean, when you throw four interceptions, everybody gets a turn. Curse, uh, Kazee, Watkins, I mean, they all get all get a share. So this was bad. New Orleans, who I don't think Taysom Hill is a guy. Never thought he was a guy. He's a nice Swiss Army type of guy to come out of your backfield and things like that to give your offense a spark. But he's not the number one quarterback. He's not the number one option. I'm not going to pretend and act like he should be. I know he has you know an extra $40 million on the table if he becomes that guy. But I'm highly doubtful that he will ever uh, be that guy. I, I think he's 31, 32 years old. I mean, you're the same age, you know, as the Matthew Stafford to Russell Wilsons. You're not getting any younger. And quite frankly, you're not getting any better either. Uh, The Saints season is washed now uh, ever since Jameis Winston, five uh, losses in a row. And to me, it shows how much better they were with Jameis Winston because, you know, they were able to beat the football team who's turning. They put a hurt on the Patriots on the Packers, uh, with Jameis in there early, they took a lead on the Buccaneers, and they still eventually won that game. So I think Jameis, you know, was a real factor. That loss hurts them, hurts the Saints, because now they're sort of dead in the water. I don't even think floating anymore at this point. They're kind of sinking and sinking fast uh, without a legit, legitimate uh, quarterback. It doesn't help that Kamara has missed three straight games because he's another difference maker. Uh, the loss yesterday hurt him. I think this game would have been closer if Taysom Hill or any quarterback has sort of a security blanket in Alvin Kamara who can make plays all over the field. That did not help this team. Uh, Taysom Hill throwing a pick six does not help this team. Uh, he did not put his team in position to win the game 
This was your team last night, Taysom. You had the spotlight Thursday night football in the Superdome at home where the Cowboys haven't won in 13 years, 12 years, and you just underperformed by a mile. I I had to grade Taysom yesterday. I'd give him an F because that was not a good performance at all. Pretty miserable, if I do say so myself, by Taysom Hill. Now moving on to this weekend's games for the NFL. Tampa Bay in Atlanta. Oh, I feel bad for Atlanta. Anytime they feel Brady, Brady hasn't lost to Atlanta, and I just don't see it happening this weekend. Falcons just got back on their feet after two humiliating back-to-back losses. They beat the Jaguars, eked that one out, but this team... It's really on the back and legs of Cordero Patterson at this moment. They go as he go, not as Matt Ryan or Kyle Pitts. There's no Calvin Ridley. It is they go as Cordero Patterson goes. So if you're the Buccaneers, I thought the first three quarters of the game last week, they did an admirable job of containing Jonathan Taylor. This is an offense in Atlanta that's not as electric as the Colts offense, so if they key on on Cordero Patterson, this is another loss for Atlanta, another win for Tom Brady, and this lopsided head-to-head matchup of Tom Brady and Matt Ryan, I just think everything will click for the Buccaneers on Sunday. I think Tom Brady will be in a rhythm. I think Leonard Fournette will be in a rhythm. I think Tom Brady is going to give uh, football to his weapons, Godwin and uh, Mike Evans and Gronkowski. I know no AB, and you're, I think you're going to have a shroud this weekend of this media coverage on this game. Is no Antonio Brown because of his vaccination status and the fake vaccination card, even though he's now vaccinated, uh, what he did in his suspension for three games. I don't think it should be that big of a deal. Uh, and I think the way that Bruce handled it as good because he's treating him as an injured player. They said his ankle injury still bothering him, and he would be out the next two games. So the Falcons and the Bills, he got suspended for three, so that automatically means he can't return against the Saints. But I think that's good because you really can't play him. And really, you only have two tough games remaining on your schedule. You have the Bills, and we know how they've looked. They've looked inconsistent. And then they have the Saints, but that one's at home. They've lost to the Saints already this year. Saints are a much different team now. They can escape, and I don't think you'll need Antonio Brown the next three games, two against the Panthers and one against the Jets. Uh, So I think if Antonio Brown can just get back to the playoffs healthy, they can still win the one seed without him. He's a luxury, and when he comes back in the postseason, it's just going to take off, and you're going to forget about this fake vaccination card moment and all that. But I have Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, beating the Atlanta Falcons heavily this weekend. Ten and a half point spread. I take Bucks cashing in on that. Arizona in Chicago. How much will the elements play into this one? Arizona, they're looking to get Kyler Murray back. DeAndre Hopkins. They haven't lost on the road yet. It just all is coming together. 
A lot of hype on this team. They're 9-2, and one of the best teams. However, they're facing Chicago coming off an emotional win 10 days ago on Thanksgiving. Matt Nagy, you could have Justin Fields back, but you also have the weather to play a factor in as well. Uh, conditions are expected to be, you know, low temperatures, 30 degrees, uh, high wind, rain. This is a tough environment that you play for Arizona. That's not something you're used to. I think that kind of levels the playing field in this one. However, I think the Cardinals will eke out a win here. I don't think they score big. Don't think they dominate the Bears. I think it's closer than what a lot of people think. You had that win over the Lions. You just saw Matt Nagy, how emotional he was for his guys. Uh, He knows this could be the end of the road for him. And when you know it's that way, the only thing you have left to do is to prove people wrong and to win football games. That's what they have to do. It's as simple as that. That's the message for Matt Nagy. Win football games, but I don't think he wins this one. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. One of the more interesting matchups on this uh, day or on Sunday because you've got the young, two young phenoms and Justin Herbert leading his Chargers and Joe Burrow leading his Cincinnati Bengals. They're both in great positions to make playoff runs here. Uh, this is a big indicator in this game. The Bengals have returned to form their past two games. Chargers, you know, I thought they were uh, slowly returning to form after the win against the Steelers, but they were humiliated last week against the Denver Broncos. And if I'm looking at it, I have more faith in Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense than Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Joe Burrow graded high in pro football focus, uh, QBR at 51, which is just about average. Uh, Justin Herbert's QBR is actually 66, and that's number one But when I look at the games, when I look at the eye test, I just don't see that quarterback playing out there. I think Cincinnati wins this game. To me, they have more to play for. Uh, They see Baltimore. They're right there ahead of them. Cincinnati knows they have a tough end to the season. Starting right now, starting against the Chargers, the 49ers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, it gets tough for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whereas the Chargers, it really doesn't get tough. After this, you have a game against the Chiefs, but the rest, you should win. But the way they've looked so far this season, it's hard to say they should win because in all reality, they haven't been winning games that they should win. So they could totally flip up on their head and win this game, surprise me. However, I don't see it. Jamar Chase hasn't been involved a ton in recent weeks. I think he's going to have a big game this weekend. Put him back on the map. People have lost talking about him for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Spotlight's no longer on him. It's on Mac Jones. Not that much pressure now. He can kind of fly under the radar and be like, hey, I'm still here. I like Cincinnati to get this win. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. And then I think the defense makes some key stops on this Chargers offense where at times they can play a little stagnant uh, for such a talented group that they have. 
Minnesota and Detroit. Will Detroit get their first win this weekend? No, I don't think it's going to be close. He's lost so many heartbreakers this week, this year. Uh, one already to Minnesota earlier in the year. I don't think this is going to be a heartbreaker. Minnesota off a tough loss uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. They've lost Alvin Cook. Dislocated shoulder. He'll miss extended time with that. Kirk Cousins. Couple bad plays against San Francisco. That reared his head. That's Con Artis Kirk. The interception. The lining up under the right guard. However, this is the Detroit Lions. They haven't won a game this year. I don't think they'll win this year. And it seems like in matchups every year, Dalvin Cook misses a game against the Lions. And Madison, next fan up, plays great. I think he'll have a great game this weekend. That's the one fantasy tip I'll give is Alexander Madison. You have him in your league. He is a must-start against the Detroit Lions this weekend. Indianapolis and Houston. Don't think Houston is going to win here. I really do think Jonathan Taylor is going to explode on the Houston Texans this weekend. I think Carson Wentz will also play good. But against this team, Ryan Tannehill threw four interceptions. This same Texans team, I want to see Carson Wentz take care of a ball. Had a few big key turnovers last week against the Bucks. How does he rebound this week? I want to see him play poised. I like what Frank Reich is doing, throwing the ball just a little bit more. You know Jonathan Taylor is still the key cog to this offense, but if you get Carson Wentz, you rev him up a bit, I think that's only good for them come playoff time, and I expect Indy to be a playoff contender. But Carson Wentz is going to have to avoid crucial turnovers. You can take little steps to doing that, One of those is by beating the Houston Texans, and I think being turnover-free. I do not want to see Carson Wentz fumble the ball, throw an interception, make dumb plays that he shouldn't be making, forcing the ball. He just should not be doing that against the Houston Texans. That's one thing I want to see from him, but I have the Colts winning. I think the defense will show up. They did a good job in the first half last week. I do think the defense is going, getting better. Suffered a bit of a hiccup last week. Uh, it was nice to see DeForest Buckner get back in the game, uh, even though he's questionable. Uh, but I think Indianapolis will have their way with the Houston Texans. Indianapolis, or my bad, New York Giants in the Miami Dolphins. As I've been saying, Miami has been surging. Four wins in a row. Tua is playing a lot better, a lot more efficient. This is a Miami team I've been thinking I was going to see beginning of the year. They finally returned to form halfway through the season. They've looked good. Whereas the New York Giants have not looked good. Daniel Jones hasn't. They've had no running game with Saquon Barkley and injuries. Devin Booker, injuries to the wide receiver. So there's no consistency with Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. There is no consistency. Then on top of all that... Daniel Jones, who I don't think is an NFL quarterback, he's not playing this weekend. So then you got a backup who isn't an NFL quarterback either, and Mike Lennon, and this just does not 
seem good. A week after the Giants scored a major upset over the division rival, Philadelphia Eagles, the defense played good. I do not expect that. Again, I do not expect a repeat performance. I think Miami rolls and rolls big against the uh, Giants and puts them squarely at 6-7. and seven. And then you look at the rest of your schedule. The Jets, that's one they should win easily as well. You could look at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Saints, they've lost a lot of luster. You could win that. They're 8-7. and seven. Then I believe the last two games they play, they're fighting for their playoff hopes right there. They have the Titans to finish up, and then the Patriots. That's a rough end stretch right there, those last two games. But they can put themselves in a position to be right there in the conversation. Something I thought was impossible four weeks ago when they were 1-7. and seven. Now they pulled off four straight wins. I believe they get to five straight wins this weekend. Mike Lennon ain't scaring anyone. This offense isn't Joe Judge, who I don't think is a competent football coach in this league, is either Miami. Miami, Miami wins down big in the state of Florida. Philadelphia and the New York Jets. The poor Eagles, they were rolling too, and they suffered a huge setback last week to the Giants. And what Jalen Hurts had his worst game as a starting NFL quarterback, in my opinion. Three interceptions, only 100 yards. You just have the Jets pull off a great comeback against the Texans. Don't think they can do it again. Have never beat the Eagles. Can you believe that? The Jets have never beat the Eagles. 0-11 against them. Does that change this weekend? No, I do not believe that. I think Jalen Hurts gets back to where he was a few weeks ago. The Eagles win. And that's kind of what the Jets are. They're, you either suffer an embarrassing loss to them, or you kind of figure some things out playing them. I think that Eagles will figure some things out. Uh, as well. Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith has been great all year. I think that continues this game. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles put up a lot more points than they did last week in seven. They get the win over the New York Jets. Jacksonville in the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are on a three-game losing streak. Jalen Ramsey says, oh, they're too talented to be losing games like this. Then you have all the critics saying they need to figure it out, figure out fast. Troy Aikman uh, doesn't like the team that's assembled as an all-star team, doesn't think it will work out. Uh, you've got a lot of people in the media. you got some even thinking they might even miss the playoffs. Now, how what a bummer that would be to start 7-1 and one and miss the playoffs. But guess what? You just need one win to sort of swing momentum around for your season. That win can start here. I think Los Angeles Rams snapped their streak against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know the Jaguars have pulled off a crazy upset this year against the Buffalo Bills in what I did not expect in kind of this defensive uh, turnover ugly fest that it was. I don't think that happens. I think Matt Stafford, however, has slipped from the MVP race. I don't think there's any way he can actually recover either unless... They went out and they have a monstrous, he has a monstrous end to his season. 
but his MVP campaign has lacked luster. They need to get the ball more to Cooper Cup. Uh, you can't be forcing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. That needs to come naturally. You need to force it to your best wide receiver, and that is Cooper Cup. That's what they do, and the defense has to be better. This Jags offense hasn't been great all year, uh, averaging 15 points a game. 15 points. If I'm the Rams defense, I'm Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. This is a time to make a statement against the Rams, I mean against the Jaguars. This is your time to shine. And as I said, get that momentum. Swing it your way on all phases of the game. Uh, This shouldn't be a shootout. This really shouldn't be close. Uh, This should be an offensive and defensive clinic that the Rams put on display. It's will they? It's can they? It's also the psyche of this team. Uh, Is this team reading too much into it? Are they sort of fractured and broken? Uh, Matthew Stafford and Jalen Ramsey and them. How are they feeling after this big three-game skid? Can they steer the ship back in the right direction? I don't know if it's possible, but what I do know is they'll be beating the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Washington in the Las Vegas Raiders. Washington football team has been doing really good recently. Three wins in a row. One of those against the Bucks, eking out close wins. They're doing it. The Raiders, you know, had 10 days off because they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They're back in action. Who will get the win? To me, this is a pivotal game for both teams. Because you have the football team right there in a playoff spot, I believe, as the seventh seed. Uh, but you need a win. You need to stay there. And then the Raiders, you're one behind a playoff spot. Because uh, of your loss to the Chargers, you don't own that uh, tiebreaker head-to-head. But you need this one as well. So I expect this to sort of have a playoff feel. I know it's only week 13. But I think this game will have a playoff feel. Now I want to apologize before I go any further because I believe at the beginning I said week 12 and we're actually in week 13. This NFL season is flying by. But back to the point at hand. I think Las Vegas will get the win win, uh, on Sunday. Everybody, including myself, have been talking about this team is broken. They face so much this year and they have gone through a lot. It's how... Will what they go through define them and define their season? This game here is one of those defining games because uh, you look at the schedule coming up and it gets tough. You've got the Chiefs who just walloped you a few weeks ago. You're playing them again. You've got the Colts. You've got the Chargers on there again. This is a big one. And then you have the football team. Same thing. You have two games against the Cowboys, two against the Eagles, and one against the Giants. You've got five games against your division coming up. Five games. This is pivotal. It starts here. It starts now. And I've got to say, I'm picking the Raiders because I think they found something. And also, I think Derek Carr is better than Taylor Heineke. Uh... You have all these X-Factors. you got Josh Jacobs, Gibson. You know, I know I got McKissick hurt. 
but Renfro, uh, Waller probably won't be back, but then you have McLaurin on the other side. So you have all these X factors, but the main one is a quarterback. And going out there for 60 minutes, I trust Derek Carr more, Taylor Heineke, inconsistent. Uh, He's not a great quarterback in this league. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I think Derek Carr uh, puts his team on his back this weekend. They get the win. Much needed. Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a really a matchup that I despise as I'm not a fan of the Ravens style of football. And I'm also not a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers at all. So this is just an ultimate loser matchup for me. I won't be watching this one. We'll watch the highlights. But I think the Ravens win this game. You know, you had Lamar Jackson say he played like a rookie last week, can't play much worse, and that's true. He had four interceptions. They didn't play good. However, Pittsburgh, they are fading. Why? They have lost two in a row. Bengals smoked them. You had the Chargers have a comeback. You actually tied with the Detroit Lions. You tied with them, and you should have lost to the Bears uh, on Monday night, so they haven't been looking good. Ben Roethlisberger, in particular, hasn't been good. Lamar Jackson has better passing numbers than Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if I've ever thought I would say that. Lamar Jackson is one yard, one yard behind Najee Harris in rushing. With that being said, I'm picking Baltimore to win this game. I think they'll win. Because guess what? They now have the number one seed. All they need to do is protect it. And I know this is a matchup both these teams live for. Mike Tomlin playing his biggest rival in the Ravens. And then same thing, John Harbaugh playing his team. And maybe it's just the year for the Harbaugh's. Because I know I'll talk about Michigan in a few minutes. But I think Jim's going to have a big weekend. And I think John, I know John's a big Michigan fan, uh, watches his brother uh, coach there, and I just think there's something there that they kind of feed off each other. Watching him play, I think last week, John and Jim beating Ohio State, and they come out beat Cleveland. This same week, you know, you got the Michigan playing Iowa, and then I think they'll win. I think John will feed off that, and he beats a rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. San Francisco and Seattle, yet another rival, this time not the AFC North, but the NFC West. In Seattle, it's all but done for. 1% chance to make the playoffs. They lose this one. I think you can put an E next to their name for eliminated. San Francisco is going to win this game. Uh, Pencil that down. Pencil that down. Pencil that down. I'd bet a lot on San Francisco to win this game if I was a betting man. I would. To me, they're the hotter team. Right now, they have won three in a row. They're playing a big rival in Seattle, and Seattle's kind of had the best of them. But earlier this year, the 49ers were the better team on the field, and somehow the Seahawks came back and won. They have George Kittle. They have Ayuk playing better. The loss of Debo Samuel hurts this team. But the way Seattle's been playing recently, it's just been bad. It has just been bad. Russell Wilson, it's been terrible. They have no semblance of a rushing game at all. 
And because of that, the defense is on the field for one, 10, 20 more plays than they should be. They just are. This team is not in sync. It doesn't look like a team anymore. San Francisco gets the big win in Seattle where the Seattle fans and Lumen doesn't like the 49ers coming to town. I think the 49ers get a big road win here against the Seattle Seahawks and send them plummeting, send more questions surrounding them and their team. San Francisco, big win. And then Sunday night football. Flex into this matchup, the Broncos and the Chiefs. We've got the Chiefs coming off a of bye week. Andy Reid's been terrific. I think he's 19-3 and coming off a of bye in his career. That's how good he's been. You have the Broncos, who just had that big win over the Los Angeles Chargers. How do they respond now playing at Kansas City, where it's been tough? Uh, Patrick Mahomes has just been great against opponents in his division. How good is he? I think the Kansas City Chiefs won this game. I think they've turned the corner, at least defensively. They're playing better, like 10 times better than they were beginning of the season. I'm still worried about their offense, other than their outbreak against the Raiders. Things have been relatively quiet for the Chiefs, you know, since October offensively. That's what I want to see is just consistency, scoring points on this offense, because I've seen them move up and down the field. It's getting into the red zone and scoring touchdowns from there. That's going to be the defining thing for the Chiefs. I think they can figure it out because they got the weapons. They have the best tight end in football in Travis Kelsey. They have one of the best wide receivers in Tyreek Hill. So I think they can figure it out. I got faith in them to figure it out. But it's going to be tough. The Broncos play tough. But in the end, as Lincoln Park says, in the end, it doesn't even matter. Kansas City will get the win. I don't care if it's by one point. I don't care if it's by ten points. A win is a win. Kansas City will get that here. Teddy Bridgewater has been too inconsistent. Uh, The run game gets going. It doesn't get going with Melvin Gordon. Uh, Kansas City relish division opponents in Arrowhead. It's off the bye. Too many factors I like for Kansas City. They win this big division matchup. And it's big for the Broncos, too, because they're right there in the thick of it as well for a playoff spot. So a win for this game would pay huge dividends for them. I just don't see it happening this weekend. Now moving on to the NBA. There's two matchups, or actually three matchups I want to talk about. One being the 76ers and the Hawks. Can the 76ers get back on track, win this game? Can they do it? You know, rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, And I think the 76ers win this game. I really do. I think Tyrese Maxey has been good. I think Andre Drummond has been a decent piece, especially in the interior of this game. I think Seth Curry will knock down some big threes as well. Uh, and then you just have the Hawks. Cam Reddish, a big part of his offense, is out. 
DeAndre Hunter out, Bogdan Bogdanovich out. So coupled all that, I just think it's too much to overcome, even though the 76ers are dealing with injuries and problems of their own. I like Philly to come into this matchup and win this game. Then you have the Suns and the Warriors. Phoenix on its record, franchise record, 18-game winning streak. 18 games. However, it will not extend to 19. I guarantee it. It is ending tonight. All good things come to an end. This winning streak is coming to an end tonight. I know Devin Booker, Devin Booker didn't play a lot the last game, so I know they can still win without him, as was evident. However, I look at this. The Suns, this is a back-to-back. Just played the Pistons last night. Then they have to fly out to play Golden State. Golden State, a little bit more rested uh, because they haven't played since they played the Suns. So we're doing a little bit more reflecting on that. I think they come out. And you just saw Steph have a terrible, terrible shooting performance. I think he comes out. He's aggressive. He is on fire. I don't think he has two performances like that, even though Phoenix has the defenders to keep him in check. It's just how long can you do that before he erupts, uh, gets the arena going, this crowd going as well will be behind him. I think Steph Curry has a big game against the Warriors. They reclaimed the throne as the Suns just took that league best record from them. I believe Golden State takes it right back. They win tonight. Big game from Steph Curry. And then, of course, you have the Clippers and the Lakers. The key thing is, will LeBron James play? He's been cleared to play because of his COVID safety protocols that he's been in. He returned the two negative tests. I'm just going to say this. I think the Lakers win. How can I ever pick the Clippers? Now moving quickly to MLB. MLB suffering a lockout. Is this a big deal? Is it not a big deal? Again, I don't care. I know I've been talking a little bit about you know some of the big free agency moves that have been happening. Just because I'm upset that the Yankees just sit there idle and don't do anything. I mean, now they can really sit there idle because now that it's a lockout, you know, you can't sign, make trades. I mean, you can do shifty stuff under the table and then announce it afterwards after the lockout. But you can't really do anything. And like I said, I don't care. I got the NFL. I care about that more. I care about the NBA more. I care about the NHL more. Heck, I even care about golf more. So MLB is, you know, that perfect sport in... I don't even know what month. Because you've got playoffs until June. I would say... You know, July, into July is that time of month where you're itching for something. And that's all you got is July to watch baseball because August preseason starts for NFL. And you got more moves happening. So it's really July I care about baseball. And I don't think the lockout's happening until then. I think things will get figured out and squared away between the owners and the players. I think the lockout ends. I think they play a majority of the season, if not all of the season, don't think this turns into a big deal, but I think most people feel like me. Baseball isn't their number one sport. 
I know some people that is their number one sport, but not me. And I've got other things to hold me over. I'm not going to worry about baseball quite yet. Now moving on to college football. Championship weekend is here. It starts tonight. Starts tonight. First championship game. Western Kentucky. UTSA. Who do I have winning in this game? I got UTSA winning this game. And I know they almost had an undefeated record. Uh, they were almost, I mean, they almost went undefeated. They were 11 and 0, suffered the loss, bad loss to North Texas. They play Western Kentucky, uh, Western Kentucky, 8 and 4. However, UTSA beat them earlier in the year. And I think UTSA is coming in actually as an underdog. Western Kentucky is favored. I don't know why, because Western Kentucky is 8 and 4. They've had some bad losses on their schedule, uh, more than UTSA. I think UTSA can win this game. I know Western Kentucky has a baller quarterback uh, in Bailey Zapp, who is number one in the nation in passing yards at 4,968 and 52 touchdowns. Those are NFL numbers. NFL numbers, he's only played 12 games. Those are NFL numbers. He has a great QBR at 76, nine interceptions. So he's good. However, that's it. They have no semblance of a rushing tack as well, whereas UTSA is much more balanced. Uh, and also, their defense, much better allowing like 50 yards less a game, about a touchdown less than points a game. So UTSA wins this game because they're more balanced offensively and they're better defensively. I like UTSA to pull off the upset, even though they're a better team tonight. Oregon and Utah, that's also tonight. A lot of people on the Utah train, a lot of people, and I know I picked Utah to beat Oregon uh, two weeks ago. And because of that, Utah's now the favorite. Everybody's uh, pegging them to go to the Rose Bowl. They knocked out Oregon from playoff contention. But I think Oregon still has something to play for. I think they proved last week when they beat Oregon State, that they're not throwing the towel into the season, that they still want to compete, still want to be competitive. Mario Cristobal, I think he knows this, because get this. This is my thoughts on the matter. You've got Lincoln Riley coming to USC, and then you've got all these commits now following him to USC. This is a big game for Oregon. This is a big game for Mario Cristobal in recruiting efforts, because you don't show up in this game, and you lose to Utah, now you're not appearing in the Rose Bowl, you're going to like the Alamo Bowl, and now Utah is representing. That doesn't help your recruiting efforts. That hurts because guess what? A lot of recruits aren't going to go to Utah. They're just not. They're going to pick USC. Uh, Oregon, to me, you've been a national championship pedigree sort of team. You've had your seasons with Chip Kelly, with Marcus Mariota. You can do it. Utah's the underdog. I think there's a revenge factor here. I think Kevon Thibodeau has a big game last time Utah just beat Oregon up. I don't think that happens. I think Oregon pulls off the upset. I think Anthony Brown plays much better. Travis Dye gets going. I think this offense gets going. 
They're a lot more physical than they were in that first matchup. They got a taste of it. And these are two equally matched teams. They average the same yardage in a game. Defensively, Utah is a little better. But I'm picking Oregon to pull off the upset. They want to get to the Rose Bowl just as much as Utah does. This is big for the Oregon program, for the Pac-12, for this, you know, Rose Bowl berth. Oregon wins the game. Baylor and Oklahoma State for the Big 12. Oklahoma State wins this game. I believe they have a great shot to go to the playoffs. I think they win it. They're in regardless. I don't think they need any help. It's just, can they beat Baylor again? Last time, you know, it was a little close when they played 24-14. The turnovers by Baylor, uh, or turnovers by Oklahoma State, kept the game close. I think they're focused. I think they're in check. I think Mike Gundy has his team in check when earlier in the season, they played a lot of close games. And then they rounded into form after that loss to Iowa State. And they've really been dominant since that loss to Iowa State when they were keeping games close. Now it was a blowout fashion to Kansas, to West Virginia, to TCU, to Texas Tech, and then Bedlam last week. I mean, they are rounding into form. I think Oklahoma State gets a big win here. They win the Big 12 championship. Kent State, Northern Illinois. I'm picking Kent State simply for this reason. I've seen one Northern Illinois game this season. I've seen zero Kent State games this season. And the one Northern Illinois game I watched, why would I pick them after that? Yes, they played Michigan. It was 63-10. to 10, But that was Michigan's like most offensive game. They are breaking records. I mean, it was huge. I saw how bad Northern Illinois was. I want no piece of that. I was picking Kent State to win that game. Utah State and San Diego State. Brady Hoke, the former Michigan coach, coached his team to San Diego State as the Mountain West Coach of the Year. They're eleven and one. San Diego State, look at that, eleven and one. And they beat good teams this year. They beat Utah beginning of the year. Uh, they have beat Boise State. They beat good teams. Uh, I like San Diego State to beat Utah State uh, this year. I don't think uh, San Diego. I think San Diego State still very much in that bid for the best, you know, other Group of Five team to make it to that New Year Six bowl game. They need a win here. I think they're motivated enough to win the game. San Diego State gets a win. Appalachian State and Louisiana, another team who's played well. Louisiana 11-1, and and they've won 11 in a row. If it wasn't for a lopsided loss to Texas, and that loss doesn't even look good now, they would be 12-0. and And they've already beat Appalachian State. They just pummeled them 41-13 to earlier in the season. I don't think the outcome changes in this game. I think Louisiana will come in focus, and they'll pull off the upset because some reason Appalachian State is favored to win this game, and I don't think they should be. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns get the win.
Then you've got a heavyweight matchup. One versus three. Georgia and Alabama. Earlier, midway through the season, I was still giving Alabama a shot. I don't know if they have any shot other than the grand expertise of Nick Saban. I mean, I have seen more close games Alabama played than I ever have. Usually it's dominant fashion, or they'll play two close games a year. One will be a loss, or maybe they both each out a win. But I've never seen Alabama play as many close games as I have this year. And their offensive line isn't dominant. Bryce Young getting harassed constantly. And guess what? Georgia has the best defensive front in football. I think they're going to pummel them in the line of scrimmage. Maybe Alabama's defense steps up like it did last week. I don't think Stetson Bennett's a great quarterback or JT Daniels or even their running backs act well. I don't think this is a great offense. I know it's efficient. I just don't think it's great. I think it's good. Don't think it's great. So I think Alabama's defense can pose some problems. It's just can Alabama's offense get anything going? This is Bryce Young's signature Heisman game. You'll have Jamison Williams in this game after the targeting ejection last week. Uh, who knows if Brian Robinson will play, but I just think Georgia's defense, it's just too much. I think Kirby Smart finally beats his mentor, gets over the hump. The Georgia Bulldogs, Jordan Davis, outlast Will Anderson and Bryce Young of Alabama. Houston and Cincinnati. I kind of want to pick Houston. As I said, I'm not a fan of Cincinnati. I don't think they're that good. However, I'm a Michigan fan. If I have Cincinnati win and Alabama lose, Michigan can play Cincinnati. I'm going to pick Cincinnati. You know it. Go Cincinnati. You go 13-0. You deserve it. You know, as they say, oh, Luke Fickle, you'll make history. Oh, how great this will be. A power or a group of five infiltrating uh, in there, being in a 14 playoff. And they were never meant to be in there, be excluded. This is History, this is monumental. Well, you go out there and make history, Luke Fickle. This will be your biggest win of the season. Because come playoff time, you're going to crash down and burn. And we're going to say, hey, there are a reason why they're in the American Athletic Conference. Not the Big Ten. Not the SEC. That's why they're in the AAC. They're in the little boy league. They're not in the man league yet. They're the freshman team. They've been playing freshmen all year. They haven't played a varsity team yet. When they hit a varsity team come playoff time, then we'll talk and we'll see how good the Cincinnati Bearcats really are. But I'm picking Cincinnati, even though I don't like them. Michigan, Iowa. Is this a trap game for Michigan? It's all I'm hearing. Trap game, trap game. Kind of how much I'm like, when Purdue beat Michigan State, can they pull off the upset against Ohio State? That's all I'm hearing. Well, guess what? Michigan's hearing trap game. They're focused. They're focused. They're locked in. They're dialed in. And what's great, too, I know five years ago, Iowa really screwed this team when they beat Michigan. I think it was 14-11 to 11 or 13, something crazy like that in Iowa City. They exercised those demons a few years later when Michigan won 10-3. They don't have to worry about that and exercising anything. They can just go out there and whoop Iowa. I think they're going to spank them. I think Michigan's offense is just too good. I like Iowa's defense. I respect it. To me, it's right on par there with Michigan's defense and the points allowed per game, the yards allowed. They're that good. 
However, offensively, they're terrible. They're ranked 123rd in offense. That's how bad they are. Uh, I think Michigan has an elite offense. Cade McNamara can make plays all over the field to A.J. Henning, to Mike Sarenstall, to Eric All, to Schoonmaker. And they got Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins out of the backfield. It's too much. And what I also think, Aiden Hutchinson, he had a, his Heisman moment on this past Saturday against Ohio State Buckeyes. He has an encore performance against the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I know I have Bryce Young and them losing to Georgia. I think Aiden Hutchinson arises from this weekend as the Heisman favorite, as the number one pick in the draft. I know Pro Football Focus has him graded the number one highest prospect. And I know ESPN has him in the top three. But he is number one. Book it down. Big game for Michigan and against Iowa. I think Michigan stomp the Iowa Hawkeyes. And last but not least, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest for the ACC championship game. Can you believe it? We're at the last week of the season, the ACC championship game, and there's no Clemson. We're used to seeing Clemson in these type of matchups every single year, and we don't get to see them this year. I like this matchup. It's, I have a hard time picking it because they haven't played this year. Uh, but I like Wake Forest. They're the underdog. I know Kenny Pickett. A lot of people think he's the best quarterback coming out. He's a Heisman. Wake Forest is the underdog, and they've had a great, great season. I mean, you're ten and two. I know they started eight and zero, and they finished two and two. But I really like this Wake Forest team. Uh, I think they want to get to another New Year's or get to a, their first New Year's Six Bowl. That's so good they are. I know Pittsburgh wants the same thing. This is a tight matchup, but I think Wake Forest. It's kind of just a destiny season where they win the. Atlantic, where you had good teams in there. North Carolina State they beat. I know they lost to Clemson, but they were a better team this year than Clemson. Wake Forest wins this game. So those are my championship predictions. This has been Get Your Goat. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.